Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. It is budget time for local municipalities. Without exception, politicians, bureaucrats, and taxpayers sweat it out to come up with a solution for the annual budget. With more pressures than ever, it is a struggle to find a balance between affordability and services. In this interview, Port Hope Mayor Elena Hankavinsky outlines the decision by Council to raise the levy by 6.9%. She outlines the complexity of trying to maintain services and address critical issues while not creating fiscal hardship for taxpayers. For some, it is coal in their stocking. For others, It is the pursuit of political and fiscal realities that no wrapping paper or bows will hide. I'm so pleased to have with me today Mayor Elena Hangovinsky. Thank you very much. I'm so pleased to be with you again. Council has decided on a 6.9% increase in its 2024 budget. That would be one of the highest in recent memory. Before we get into any explanations or reasons why, I want to know, what was your gut reaction we actually started with a much higher number and uh, I had actually brought forward a motion at the very last uh, council deliberation around the budget to come down from 7.4 percent to 6.9 percent and that was really in consideration of residential concerns and trying to strike a balance between addressing the financial challenges and respecting really the, you know, the community's economic constraints. We, we know that increasingly people are faced with housing insecurity, with food insecurity. We've got a significant number of our constituents who are on fixed incomes. So we, we, we brought down um, the budget from 7.4 through to 6.9%. And I did that through a motion that I introduced at the council table. And um, I think that it allowed us to strike the, the best possible balance given the real pressures that are upon us as a municipality. And of course, Everybody knows the kinds of pressures that everyone's facing and municipalities are part of the ecosystem uh, that um, is facing really the same kind of pressures, whether we're talking about inflation or interest rates or or climate change um, and in in our community of Port Hope, slow economic growth and like all municipalities everywhere the real pressures of infrastructure upkeep and investment. That explains a lot. And I appreciate that very, very much. But what I asked you was, what did you feel? Were you happy? Were you sad? Were you angry? What, what were you feeling when you realized here we are 6.9% 
It's a big increase. I, I appreciate the fact that it's less than what you had started out with. But how did you feel in that moment? I felt like we had done the best that we could. And it was not an easy decision, but it was uh, the responsible decision balancing all of the different factors that we had to deal with. So I felt calm, I felt confident, and I felt that it was really, truly the best that we could do while still being responsible to the constituents of Port Hope. You've been very good at identifying a number of factors that played into the final decision. I'd like to break those down. Now, first was infrastructure. Now, you have a $16 million capital project investment that's going on. And this is not including maintenance or retaining service levels or loans, so forth. Can you explain what that is going forward? Right. Well, you know, we've got the most major um, challenge in front of us in the near future is Walton Street reconstruction. And uh, that that is going to be uh, probably one of the biggest projects we've undertaken as a municipality in a very long time. Uh, we all know um, that while we go into projects, we can have the best of intentions and plans that costs tend to rise, that there's always the, the what ifs and, and uh, once you start digging that there could be some unexpected surprises. And so we're really needing to be fully prepared for that project. That's going to be a very large part of our uh, capital costs. We've set aside just under $7 million for that. Um, but from my perspective, I think it's probably going to be more than that um, by the time we finish. We are putting in contingency plans for that, including we have requested a delegation at Roma in January to talk to the Minister of Infrastructure about that particular cost. So that, you know, that is that is our largest project, our biggest challenge, but we also have uh, rural roads maintenance. Um, we've got recreation facility maintenance and municipal fleets replacements and all of those things are really down to the very very bare bones of what we need <clears throat> to kind of keep the lights on um, if if one can say that and keep the minimum level of services that are required by the municipality another aspect that you mention is slow growth of the community what does that refer to well you know we we have um we have not had a uh, the kind of focus on economic development over the last number of years that, that we should have, that is being corrected by this council. We have invested a significant amount of money, especially in last year's budget, towards creating a very robust economic development plan and a tourism plan. Those have now been tabled. Um, I think our economic development plan is absolutely outstanding. We've just seen the final version of it, and it gives us a very clear roadmap of where we need to go in order to spur growth and development in our community. And there's no doubt, um, Robert, that we need to diversify our tax base. It's something that we've talked about since the very beginning. It's something that this council has talked about from, from the time that we have all come in 
uh, to office, we've you know certainly put an investment into that, and we are actively trying to attract more industry into the community. And we're also going to have to come to terms, I think, over the next year, where we want to to grow in terms of of housing. We're undertaking a comprehensive land inventory. We're going to identify available lands for more housing. And we're going to have to, at some point, strike that balance between all the things that we love about Port Hope as being a smaller community with its identity and its heritage with increasing the, the tax base that we need in order to continue to deliver our services, but even more importantly, to be able to care for our assets and replace our assets when necessary. Now, Port Hope has faced a number of controversial developments, Penryn Park, the old hospital Southbridge. Do you think that these have had a negative impact on development in Port Hope? In other words, are, are developers getting a little turned off with Port Hope? Well, I think this is a new council. It's a, a new chapter. We have a, a new CAO in place. And I think when I when I think about those projects, Robert, I think about them as as legacy projects that we unfortunately inherited and had to deal with in ways that uh, weren't deal, uh, dealt with in the um, in the past. But you know, I want to I want to turn them into a positive spin and say that there are many important lessons that have been learned from those experiences. There are things that we know we will never do again. Um, but at the same time, we are signaling very strongly to investors and developers that Port Hope is open for business. We have a new set of people that are in the driver's seat here. We are interested in establishing new kinds of relationships with developers. We're very clearly signaling the kind of development that we want. You probably heard me announcing at the council table a while ago, um, a, a really important accomplishment that we realized with, with the Wellings project here in Port Hope. And um, you know that that's a development that's happening on land that was privately bought and held, and we were still able to negotiate affordable units in that new development for a long period of time. So. It's about saying we're open for business. It's a new chapter. But at the same time, if you're coming into this community, that there are going to be certain things that we're going to be looking for in forging new relationships with those that are coming to invest and build. You alluded to this earlier, but I'd like to explore it a little deeper. And that is the impact of interest rates and inflation <laughs> on the municipal budget. What what role are they playing in, in this increase? Well, you know, really significant <laughs> inflation challenges absolutely inform in, inform the development of our budget. So the 2024 inflation impact is just under, um, well, 0.9 million. So 3.7% levy increase um, to ensure basically that we are no worse off than, than where we're at. But the total inflation gap is... $1.3 million, which is 5.3% in a tax levy, and the total funding gap is $9.9 .9 which would be a 40.7% levy increase. So inflation is tremendous, but inflation is something that we all know in our personal lives, in our household expenditures, but also um, at the municipal level. And there's, there's no way to skirt that. There's no way to get around that. 
we, we, we were looking at some basic equipment and then supplies that the municipality bought, say, a year or two ago. And in some instances, we're seeing 80% increases um, due to inflation. And so these are things that we really have no control over, but we need to respond to. What items in the budget drew the most debate from councillors? Well, you know, I think that um, we went through everything very carefully, line by line. Um, I think the biggest, um, I wouldn't say debate, but point of discussion really is, can we continue realistically to deliver the range of services that we have delivered in this municipality? given inflation and given the stresses that we've got on our infrastructure and our asset management, at what point are we going to have to say that we're going to have to make cuts? And those are difficult conversations. I believe we have committed as a council to say, we do wanna have a discussion um, in the next number of months before we even start next year's budget to, to really hash through some of those bigger picture um, issues, you know, services, um, our reserves. Are we going to have to, at some point, dig into those reserves and start spending some of the money in our reserves simply because we're, we're, so, we're so stretched? There are a number of really big picture uh, conversations that we're going to be needing to have. You know, do we need to rethink our organizational structures, our services, our reserves, all of these things, given the the, the tremendous pressures that we have on us, and uh, you know, and and climate change on top of everything. We're we're talking about a budget under the best of case scenario. But if we have a number of storms as we did last year and as, as we've seen in previous years, that's going to put further pressure on our infrastructure. Do you think taxpayers appreciate just the complexity of the number of issues that municipalities have to deal with as compared to say in the past? I mean, in the past, roads, sidewalks, clean water, replacing sewers, we're, we're the, the mainstay of most council discussions. Now, you've just mentioned climate change. You've talked about affordable housing. Uh, there's lots and lots of line items that deal with a lot of very complex issues. Is it, is it a more complex picture now? And is that what's driving these increases? Well, you know, absolutely. Municipal politics are definitely not what they were 10 or 20 years ago. We have many more expectations and, and challenges and pressures upon us. You know, it's it's a perfect storm. We, at a, a very macro level, we need a new financial model to be put into place so that municipalities have more access to resources to address the, the kinds of pressures that are upon us. Um, we are taking care of things that have traditionally been in the wheelhouse of only the province. Or the federal government and we're now being asked to step up and and inevitably we are engaged in conversations around housing and social services and and health those have never been part of the picture we've got the pressures of of inflation we've got the reality of climate change 
but I think that the part that often we we may find a little bit frustrating is that um, not everybody fully appreciates the cost of the services, the cost of repairs, the cost of infrastructure, the cost of replacement of things that we already have. Um, because unless you were in those spaces where you see the price tags, it's it's really hard to imagine or even know what the cost of a pothole repair is. What is the cost of repaving you know, a kilometer of road? What does it cost when a water main breaks and you have to do an emergency repair on it? What does a water tower cost, a replacement on a water tower? And knowing that you can't shop around for water towers, there's only one entity that actually produces these and we have to pay what it costs um and then what does you know what does every service actually cost to, to the the taxpayer so i would say that i'm very confident that whatever the taxpayer is paying in port hope they are getting value for the dollar but the simple reality is is everything is costing so much and everything is costing a lot more than than you know we can then we can really realistically afford the municipality is really really seriously um, under resourced. Council went through a public consultation process. It did a survey and the results were made public. What messages from the public did you implement in the final budget? Well, you know, I think that. Um, the, the balance we we tried to strike with coming down to 6.9% were definitely very, very responsive to what the public talked about in terms of wanting to maintain services, not wanting a huge increase in, in cost. But, you know, I'll be I'll be frank, um, Robert, we, we did have survey results. We have community engagements. We had regular conversations with residents, but we, we do need to do a better job in trying to reach a whole range of residents in Port Hope, where right now we're, we're talking to a particular cohort. And I don't believe that we've got enough um, younger people in those demographics or those that represent a, a fuller picture of our socioeconomic picture. picture. So, we're hoping in the future that we can better diversify the kind of engagement that that we're having. But for the for the conversations we did have, for the information that we did receive, I believe that this budget is very representative of of those voices. The police force is looking at more than an eleven percent increase. The chief has spoken about the importance of raising the profile of officers and patrols in an effort to enhance the presence in the community. Does this budget help the chief achieve that goal? Well, you know, um, Robert, I do sit on the police services board. And uh, so I was very much part of the, the process of putting together the budget for police services. And I can tell you that, again, this budget is really the bare bones of what we need to have a safe and secure community. Um, there is no additional spending that's going on within that budget beyond the, the bare minimums of what we need to have a safe and secure community. But it's also the reason I believe that at the county council level last year, 
we put forward a motion to do a study on different models of policing for Northumberland County, because it's not just Port Hope, it's across the board. Policing is, is becoming a very significant part of, of budgets and costs are increasing there. And, you know, I think it's like many discussions that we're having at the county table about where can we start to realize um, shared services? Where where can we you know combine our efforts to try to improve efficiencies and to ultimately get some of our financing uh, more under control? Your strategic plan plays a really important role in the formation of the budget. How are the goals of the strategic plan voiced in this budget? Where did they find a home? Well, you know, I think that if we did a pretty comprehensive um, analysis of the breakdown of the the actual overall um, budget that we've got of um, of uh, you know sixty three million dollars overall, and I would say that um, about four point two percent of that budget is is all linked to strategic plan initiatives and um and so that's that's a that's a good chunk um i'm very proud of that and of course climate change and and resilience are are, are a very significant um part of that um and as are the you know other goals of of the strategic plan and and i what i'm really hoping to see over the the next year is um some metrics that we can be reporting on as, as we continue with the work to show the residents how the, the spending of money is directly linked to the actions that we have outlined in our strategic plan. We still have to do a very final version of our of our next draft. And that I know that's something that the new CAO is uh, very keen to, to finalize, but um, I'm very confident that we have a budget that very much advances the priorities of our strategic plan. Could you just give one or two examples of how an item from the strategic plan has been is being implemented by the budget? Well, you know, it's um, taking care of our infrastructure, Robert, is is uh, and and trying to ensure that that how we're managing our assets and how we're replacing our, our assets are in line with climate resilience. I think that that is a, just a, it's a cross-cutting theme and in many ways a, a reason why the, the you know, the, the capital expenditures are, are so significant. We're putting together um, a climate action plan we're, when we're talking about the investment we've made into our economic development plan and its uh, implementation, that is very much directly linked to ensuring that we have growth and that we have opportunities for more housing. The land inventory that we're doing is also going to ensure that we have a, a plan um, for where we can grow with, with more housing. So I think it's it's well thought through. You mentioned earlier that you're hoping to speak to some of the top officials, the ministers uh, at the upcoming Roma conference. Are you getting sufficient support from the provincial government when it comes to certain budget items? Um, there's always a, a really fruitful conversation that happens on many of the, the budget items. And, you know, that happens whether 
um, we're talking about sitting at, at the at the county table and and through the conversations that the warden is having and the CAO is having at the county level with the province right through to whenever I have the opportunity to advocate for Port Hope at the at the provincial table. And so fingers crossed that our, our delegations to Roma are accepted and that we have the opportunity to have our CAO and if I should be there, if that's required to advocate, for example, to the Minister of Infrastructure about our Walton Street project and the cost that that's presenting for our community and the tremendous increases in, in water tower pricing um, that, that we're facing as well. So having the opportunity for those audiences and, um, and being heard is an important part of that process, as is the advocacy that happens through Roma and, and AMO with, with both the provincial and federal federal levels of government. It sounds like the provincial government could be doing more to help municipalities. Is it is it bother you that you have to keep going hat in hand rather than them seeing the position that they, they see you in and, and responding to that from afar? Well, Robert, I would say that that would require a revision of the Municipal Act and a, a completely new financial model that would involve not just the, the province, but the federal government. And as you know, that is a push that's being made um, from municipalities from not only in Ontario, but right across right across the country. We, we realistically get nine cents back on the tax dollar back to municipalities and and yet we're in you know increasingly tasked to deliver not only a broader range of services but also a kind of perfect storm of um, an aging infrastructure and a requirement to better manage and replace our assets with all the financial hardship people in the community face especially seniors who are very vulnerable what do you say to these people when it comes to such a large increase? Oh, that's a that's a really hard conversation um, to to be certain. I I would just say that we are we are doing our best. We're very conscientious of of the challenges that everybody has in our community in terms of increasing prices and costs of living but we would not be responsible to bring in a budget that's any lower than this because all we would be doing ultimately is just putting off the cost to next year or the year after and that we are constantly looking for how to increase the revenue stream into our community so that at some point we can have more, more tax relief. Um, but for the moment, uh, we're taking a multi-pronged approach and we have to be responsible in our decision-making and hard decisions are not easy decisions to make politically, as you know. What has the public reaction to the budget been so far since you finalized it? Um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's been r remarkably, I would say quiet for, for the moment. Um, you know, we have reported on it. I, I think, you know, it, it's interesting because we, there's still two pieces of the, the overall tax um, puzzle that need to be filled. So 
we've got we've got the Port Hope piece done, and and yet we still are waiting for the final county budget, which accounts for thirty three percent of the tax bill and the education component of the tax bill. So there's still forty four percent of the the you know the tax puzzle that we don't have certainty on, but we do have certainty on the part that's the municipal tax bill and for the average impact um, home that is um, valued at 270,000. So that's the median in, in Port Hope. The increase in the tax bill of 6.9% equals um, $305 a year. So we'll see what, what the county um, lands on. We're going to be making those final deliberations at the county table tomorrow. And we'll see, the, I don't anticipate that the education levy is going to increase or change too much, but we'll have a much better picture of the overall tax bill in, in short order. So where does all of this go from here? What's gonna happen next? Well, the um, you know we've we've passed on our, on our part here in Port Hope. We we've passed the budget December the fifth. It comes into effect in um, January twenty twenty four. As I mentioned earlier, I think we're going to have some um, overarching conversations at the council table around financial issues that are separate from budget deliberations in the in the coming months because I do think that we need to have some some hard decisions and hopefully that will um that will also allow us to better inform where we go in the future with our budget and in the meantime we've got a new grant facilitator in place for the municipality we'll be looking at every granting opportunity we'll be looking at every potential to be in front of um government representatives at, at Roma and AMO. We also have a terrific new CAO that's got ideas about how to um, increase the revenue streams coming into the municipality. So it truly is a new chapter of, of Port Hope. And I believe with new leadership in place that will be in good stead for 2024. Olena Hankovinsky, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you very much for your time, Robert. That was Port Hope Mayor Olena Hankovinsky. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. 
And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.